I'm Connor. And I'm Kirk. And this is our corner. Please enjoy the episode. Hello? Can you hear me now? Okay, we're good. We're good. We're good. All right. I just learned a little something. I just learned a little something. Was it the one or the two? It was basically... I didn't realize what this little green button meant at the bottom. But if you accidentally press it, then it isolates you hearing just that one track. And you can do multiple tracks at a time. It's pretty lit. So if someone's annoying you, you can just keep them out of ears? I could literally mute you right now and just talk about New York. (laughs) (laughs) Should we start there? Should we start with New York? Uh, Do you want me to? I mean, we got plenty to talk about. We got a lot. I actually have a lot to talk about. I had a big week and so did you. And we had a big week together, which is even better. That's true. So, I don't know. I kind of want, I don't know. You, You decide. Who should go first? I can start. You start. Big life update. Yep. I left the corporate world. <laughs> okay. Eight months in, eight months out. <laughs> Clockwork. Not a fucking sellout, dude. A lot of people said I was going to get stuck in there. Fuck yeah. But last week, with the help of my my recruiters. Professional. Mainly, Young mainly professional. Connor Norton. Yep. I've left. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I helped, but I mean, you, you, when we went over the, the prep for your interviews, it seemed like you, 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 first of all, you did the research. Second of all, you kind of had a rough idea of where they were going to go with the interview. And then third of all, I thought afterwards when we debriefed your interview or your interviews, every time it seemed like you thought pretty well on your feet and you avoided a lot of like kind of landmines that people run into typically when they're interviewing. But yeah. I think if anything, I just kind of gave you like the, the structure that these companies run by usually uh, all the way through. Yeah. So for the, the full background is that yeah, I applied for a job maybe like two months ago. Got probably my first interview like six weeks ago. That went well enough to get a second interview. And that's when I got on the phone with Connor and I was like, Hey man, I need to borrow that industry knowledge. Yeah. And also to the listeners, I mean, we would like hint at it at times and be like, no, we can't talk about it. Oh yeah. 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 So like they might, I think they sensed something was up with you. Yeah. I mean, break. Yeah. Um, but I had a handful of interviews and every time before I, before I went into interviews, I would just call Connor and be like, Hey man, what's the, like, what's the deal? I'm meeting with these people. What do they want to know? Yeah. You know, I'm meeting with this guy. What's he going to, is he going to try and trick me? Is he have, does he have to get me? <laughs> and the answer was always no. He's not trying to, <laughs> he's not facetiously interviewing you. So trying the, to make fool me? That, that, part's, that part's not super exciting. But what was funny is when the, uh, when everything went well enough to get the offer. Yeah, you killed the interviews. You destroyed the interviews. And the, it's not easy. You met with a lot of people over a long yeah. period of time. So it was kind of a tough process. Yeah. And then. So you did got through that. And then, but, well, right before I got the offer, actually, I called, I called Connor and I was pretty cocky. And I was like, hey, man, if I get this thing, you know, what do I do? Because with Deloitte, right. there was, I found out, honestly, after I accepted that there was a no bargaining, like, they were completely firm on salary bonus 
everything yes. in the contract was non-negotiable because they're hiring yes. 400,000 people at the age of 22. Right. So I had like, I had the, the weight taken off my shoulders. Like I don't even have to try it. Cause it's not even, they don't even offer it. So right. I don't have to stress about it this time though. I had a feeling there was going to be a little more, uh, wiggle room. And so I was trying to talk to Connor about, you know, how do I handle those conversations? Mm-hmm. And Connor, you, you, in the beginning, in the beginning, it was it was super helpful. Like it was not even funny. It was just helpful because you were like, "This is this is how you should frame it. This is how you should come across." Right. Uh, like you want to show them that, you know, you're like you're not trying to be like cheap and like get money from them. It's just no. it's all about you know you want to be excited about the opportunity and this whole thing. If I anyone's listening valued. and it sounds like this is information you need, call Connor. He'll yeah. Figure it out. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Any listeners get free recruiting time with me. <laughs> Um, and, but yeah, as, I mean, yeah, as, but keep as going. What as it went on, um, you know, there's a, <laughs> there's a couple rounds back and forth, you know, head body, playing head hardball body. with you. I'm not going to lie. So Connor, but, but I, every time I would call Connor, I'd be like, Connor, the, um, you know, the person, the person, in the company said this and Connor goes, Oh, <laughs> they're, they're playing okay. you with that. Oh All right. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's your first day on the job. All right. Tell them this. And Connor would just, pretty much walk me through exactly how to piece apart these like i don't think they were i don't think they were these tactics that connor thought they were maybe no. they were i don't know no no i i mean no no no. i i i more so they're they're no different than any company their size in a lot of ways like i know they're a very cool company uh but like in terms of how salaries are structured amongst a company and wage elasticity and like these basic principles about kind of structuring an offer for a candidate based on their like market value. It's, it's, it's like now that I've done it for, you know, over half a year and like done this negotiation so many times, there's different, there's different tools at your disposal beyond just saying, can I get, can I have this? Can I have this? You know, it's like a game of like understanding how you show that you are more valuable and you know, leveraging the fact that you could get more or you could accept on the spot or you could, you know, there's all these tools at your disposal that you don't think of if you're not familiar with the process. Uh, But I think also just for you, I felt like the biggest breakthrough was when I was like, when we were kind of like pushing back, you're like, dude, I don't know. Like, is that a bad idea? And I was like, well, what's going to happen? They're either going to say yes or no. And it's not like they're going to be like, no. And the offer is taken back. (laughs) After you mentioned that, we've decided yeah. we now no Now that you said that, it. I'm rescinding my offer. Yeah. No, it was like, you could ask for it, and they're going to be like, mm, you know what, we're sticking with this. Like, we totally understand if it's not enough, but this is what we can afford right now. That's what's going to happen, worst case scenario. Yeah. Uh, but you can leave a bad taste in your mouth, in their mouth, if you're not careful. So I think that's the line that you're walking, is like making the requests on your behalf with logical arguments and leverage, while also not sounding like you're just trying to bleed them dry. Or, like, yeah. you're actually still excited about the opportunity. Um, <clears throat> but never answer the question, is it a deal breaker? <laughs> never answer <laughs> they, that question. They're, the they're first, trying to get you, like, to commit to to, to Sorry, constraints. Go ahead. Yeah, the first person the question asked me when we were going through these negotiations, they were like, I'm not sure if we could do this. <laughs> Would that be right a deal breaker? <laughs> and I'd be like, not a deal breaker at all. Honestly, I'm going to accept this job either way. I'm just looking for, you know, I'm just looking for some – Something that could make me even more excited. And <laughs> right. they were like, just to reiterate, you said you were going to accept either way. It's like 100% either way. 
I'd appreciate if you guys could get me there, but if not, like, totally get it. Just call me back when you guys have an answer. <laughs> I would really, really appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. I know, exactly, because you kind of – it ended up not being a huge deal. But, I mean, yeah, it is funny that they're like – they'll kind of slide that in there. It's very smart of them. But they'll be like, okay, like, and is it a no if we do this? This is what we do with our candidates, to be fair. But, like, are we walking away? The difference is, like, there's still negotiation that I have to do with the client if I'm talking to the candidate, whereas they're doing it directly with you. So they can literally be like, wait, so it's it's an absolute no? And you're like, no, it's it's still yes. <laughs> and they're like, okay. So like, we're not going to give you. Yeah. 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 Whatever. But everything worked out perfectly. I'm super happy with how it all went. Can you, uh, can you kind of cryptically describe you know what this new opportunity is or just in, in a very generic way so why you're so excited about it when you say cryptically sorry no, I, cryptic was the wrong word i mean crypto you, you don't have to reveal anything that you're not comfortable revealing okay yeah so it's just it's a company um it's a company that i've been a fan of for a while and i found out they had an opportunity when i was just browsing uh, online and i went ahead and applied and um I'm going to be working with, you know, a, an interesting team that's pretty similar to my current team at Deloitte in terms of responsibilities, but yeah. it's just like working with a product that I actually care about and it's working with, yeah. I guess, more like-minded people. Yeah. Um, I it's found totally... it really hard to get, like to completely buy in to my job at Deloitte because it required me getting really, really, really familiar with Oracle products. And that was something right. that I just like could not see myself enjoying in the long run. Right. So it was like, why would you try and get really good at this job that you don't think you're going to be happy if you're really good right. at it? Right. So um, now that I'm moving out of that, I'm super excited to just find something that like, hopefully, I mean, from, from, from all the information I have right now, it seems like something I'd really want to like get good at and become, yeah. you know, more familiar with. So, Hopefully, I can just spend the next however many years crushing yeah. it. Yeah, and you'll be – yeah, that's an exciting hill to climb, you know? Like, that's the type of ladder that you want to be climbing. What's the and saying? I texted you this office quote, like, a month ago. Yeah. And I honestly forget the context of it, but it was something with – like, it's when – if anyone watches The Office, like, Pam was going to art school or something, and she was like, you'd rather be at the bottom of the ladder – that you want to climb and halfway up one that you don't care about. Right. Right. The general gist. And right. It's like, yeah, now I'm like, now I'm trying to like, now I'm excited to get somewhere. Now I'm excited yeah. to like completely buy into it and not That's like, work your way. Like you're, you could have a lot, you could see yourself being there for the long term. There's growth opportunity. And now I'm talking like a recruiter. There's work life <laughs> balance. The company culture is great. Dental. <laughs> Dental. 401k matching. Yeah. Uh, dude, I'm really, I'm really stoked for you when I, I mean, I've been rooting for you this whole time. I, I thought it was, I thought it made so much sense. My only worry was, cause you are going to be the youngest person at the company, right? Uh, on my team. I'm not sure about the company. Okay. On your say, team. Yeah. So it's just different that than, was my you know, only Deloitte worry. Deloitte is so popular for campus hires and this yeah. is just a smaller company that's not really. It's, I think it's not the like perfect place to show up and like learn skills. You kind of want to have some something to 
like some skills to lean back on um, when you show up. Right. So, they're not big enough. Sorry, I interrupted you. No, I mean, I'm going to say exactly what you're saying. They're not big enough to hold your hand and, you know, teach yeah. you how to use PowerPoint, teach you how no, to they, send an email. They need players. Yeah. They don't want people yeah. on the bench. They don't need a, a G League. No, uh, exactly. But they had a... Yeah, no, I think it'll be a lot of the similar responsibilities as my current job, so I don't think the transition will be too stressful. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be a... It's going to be sick. I'm super stoked. It's going to be sick, and... Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, the perks are going to be, like, right up your alley. Yeah. The, the location is prime. Yeah, the location's uh, in North County, San Diego, so not too far from home. Your time at Deloitte is going to feel like a fever dream in a couple of months. Like, especially once you move into an apartment and you're like, wow, that was just, like, fucking an internship. <laughs> it's literally, like, it's the weirdest. It's been by far the weirdest phase of my life. Yeah. Where I work from home every single day of the week. I've met someone, like I've met people that I actually do work with once for four days ever in the last eight months. Right. And this whole time I've been working different hours than my friends local in the San Diego area. So it's like, I'm up super early. I work till three and then I kind of like do my own thing until the evening. And I don't like, I live at home. So it's not like I'm like seeing friends every night that way. Right. So it's just like this weird, like, like a bubble almost. Yes. Yes, um, 100%. Which, that makes it sound super depressing when I say it that way. You know, I've had a good time the last eight months. But it's like, no, no. It's like, I don't think so. Once I move out into an apartment, once I move out and, like, have a job where I go in the office, it's like, oh, like, this is what it's supposed to be. Oh, shit. Yeah. We're doing it. Yeah. We're starting to do it. That's so sick. Um, okay, can I tell you a little bit about my past couple of days? Absolutely. So, I actually had a fucking stellar week. Like, so Monday we record the podcast, the last episode. Tuesday, and I told you I did pretty well at the open mic. Yeah. Right? After bombing for the entire week before. Tuesday I go and I do one of my favorite open mics um, on Tuesday nights in the Richmond district of San Francisco. And there's, like, actually a crowd there this time, which is awesome. Not just comics in a fucking spaced out crowd you know in this bar it's a proper stage with actual people in the audience and I was a little nervous and I went up there and I probably had the best set of my life I got up I got off feeling like that's the best I've ever done it's the funniest I've ever been yeah and that was like the closest I felt to when comics talk about like they're just you're just in stride with them. Your timing is perfect. Like everything is rolling off the way you want it to. Getting the reaction you wanted to, you feel like you're synced up with the audience. Um, and that was great. Got off and like, like you can tell because I was you, people give you knuckles. Crowd members are like that was hilarious. And then I was like, I, I go outside to call Tatiana, and as I'm on the phone with Tatiana, there's and I hate to brag, but as I'm on the phone with Tatiana outside, people are like walking out of the venue because it's towards the end of the open mic, and they're like, "That was really funny. That was really funny." Like, like giving me like, "Dude, that was hilarious." Like as people are walking out to me, like I'm like a cop, yeah. like I do this shit, you know? Yeah. So it was dope. And then and Tatiana's like, "Who the fuck are those people?" And I was like, "I don't know. I just had, you know, I just good, had a good set. <laughs> That's all it is." <laughs> Oh my God, man. That's amazing. Dude, it was, it was a pretty incredible feeling. Um, so then Wednesday I'm set to fly out to New York 
the first night I get there, it's pretty late. We go to Times Square, hang out at an Irish bar. Great, good times. Eat some Joe's pizza in the Irish bar. And then Thursday, we go to a Michelin star restaurant. I mean, we had my mom splurged so hard on us because I think it was like she's realizing she doesn't get to spend as much time with us as she used to. So it's like every time we do spend time together, she's like, it's going to be quality. We're going to be fucking doing shit. Yeah. Like, I don't need to spend money on anything else. Uh, had the best food ever. And then I snuck, I like left and went to a show at the comedy cellar because we were right by it. Um, super interesting to watch those comics get up and, and work out their material at the comedy cellar. Um, and then I went home and then Friday we went and saw Billy Joel at the garden, Madison square garden. Um, and I'm a Billy Joel fan, but holy shit, dude, I did not know how many fucking diehard Billy Joel fans there were. Cause like when you get there, like people are like visibly nervous I remember I, I wrote a couple things down. First of all, he blew the roof off the place. I mean, from people like screaming his his lyrics to like people crying as he's singing, you know, she's got a way about her or uh, I'm in a New York state of mind or Vienna. Vienna waits for you. You know that song? I, I mean, know, old, Billy Joel song, but oh I, my gosh! Well, for those that have that do know Billy Joel or want to look up that music, I mean, he sings those songs, and it's like, and all his boys, he brings up like nine guys behind him at, as a band, and he's like, he's from the Bronx, he's from Long Island, he's from Staten Island, he's from fucking Brooklyn, like, and everyone, they're all super talented musicians. He gives them their spotlight. They all have like one solo, like one big solo, uh, and I, it, it was like. Beyond that, he was super talented. He would talk in between every song about, like, where they were at the time, where it was recorded, what album it came out on, what they thought afterwards, what, you know, like, they just give you context, and then he sings the music, and people are, like, it's a pretty incredible feeling. Although it almost took me out of it, because I was like, Jesus Christ, dude. Everyone's so fucking it. Like, I couldn't believe it. Like, I remember one guy, there was a, <laughs> there was a guy next to me. With his, with he's like directly in front of me to the right, and his, uh, his, he's there. He's singing New York. He's singing New York State of Mind, and it's like behind him is this graphic of just like flying over like the New York skyscrapers, and and it's pretty trippy and 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 kind of emotional. And this girl leans over to her boyfriend. She's like, "Are you okay?" And he's like, <laughs> "He's like bawling his eyes out." He's like, "I just didn't think I would get this emotional." And she's like hugging him, and I was like, "Fucking pull together, dude!" <laughs> but to be also, our seats were like right on the floor. I mean, it was it was nuts. So, anyways, I thought that was in, I thought that was wonderful. And then we went to a show on Saturday night again at the Comedy Cellar, but this time with my entire family. And I mean, we saw Sam Morell. I don't know if you know who he is, um, and, and some of the funniest people. Uh, you can ever see live are in New York and they didn't disappoint. The last comic to up was an ex San Francisco comic came up in SF punchline regular. So that was cool too. Uh, Did you know him before, before that night? I, uh, it was a she actually. Or she, sorry. How, why would you, <laughs> why would you say that? Why would you assume that? The last comic you mentioned was a man. Recency <laughs> bias. No, it was a she, she was fucking, she was great. She was hilarious. Um, and then 
Yeah, and then I came back from New York. Super excited to be back home. I love San Francisco. New York would be really tough to live in, man. And then, and then I got up five times last week at open mics. So Holy I've shit! Been, yeah, I'm super into comedy right now. It feels good. People like are such an igniter to like have a banger of a set and then go yes. watch just great A stand up. Dude, I was I was on for like six days in a row, which is pretty. Inc- I haven't felt that way. I mean, because you work the whole week, it's pretty rare to have six days in a row where you're just like electric, dude. Every day you're like doing something sick, you know? Yeah. Um, and then the last thing I wanted to talk about was just that before I wrap up my monologue was that with comedy, like going up more, I'm starting to realize that what they tell you about, you have to get up every night. You just have to like do comedy every night. I'm realizing it's like, it's not so much for you to get better, but for other people to like see your, for you to show face and for other people to understand your presence in the scene and to respect you as like a comic and a hustler, you know? And like, I'm definitely starting to get people to like, people remember my name. They say, hi, like, I feel like I'm getting closer to the inside and not so much of an outsider. Um, and that'll just come with time, but that's also been a really cool thing. And, uh, yeah. That's I how think, I'm doing. And I, I went to open mic tonight and I didn't do great, but it was like more of a workshop. So when some you lose some, you can't, I mean, you can't win every single one. You can't, you can't. I think the coolest thing about your comedy experience that I envy is like developing like a new group. Yes. Like, again, we've talked to so many people about this in our many, many interviews. Yes. Tommy, Tommy's got his, you know, narc ass founder friend. <laughs> But yeah, so got LinkedIn, her hyenas, no dude. Yeah, exactly. And you got the <laughs> grungy SF open grungy mic. open mics. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. I would agree. I'm trying to find that. I don't know where that community is going to be for me, but I'm. I really like the idea of having like, you've got your friends, you've got your, you know, your comfort circle that you've grown up around or gone to school with, and you know them. Right. But then something else that you enjoy, you know, you can go. You can go share that with some other people, some new people. Yeah, where will you find that? I don't know. It's like, I think I've had it a little the bit. The bottom like, of a bottle? At <laughs> 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 uh, a dim-lit bar on a Tuesday evening. <laughs> I think I found it. Like, in high school, I kind of had that with, like, surfing, like, different kids that I wasn't really friends with besides that. Recently, I've had a little bit with golf, but still, it's like, I don't know. It's... I imagine people get it a lot with like, like I imagine a lot of people have like gym friends, but I'm not really a yeah. gym guy. No, you're not a gym guy. You no. don't need to be. I mean, surf, like there's always like a surf community too. Yeah. But that takes discipline to get out there in the water. <laughs> Look, just because you live on a beach doesn't mean it's easy to surf. <laughs> so I, I wrote something down about going to the gym. Okay. Yeah. So this, this this most recent week, we've got this beautiful gym uh, connected to our Deloitte office. At your, your your ex employer, your alma mater. Yeah, and yeah. God knows how many days I'll have access to this thing. <laughs> so I've been trying to go to it a little more regularly, but every time I go, it's like it's almost like it's replacing. Such Wait, is it all Deloitte Narcs in there? Uh, it's is it all, private, or is it like a membership to somewhere? No, it's a um, where the Deloitte office is. 
it's in like a business park. So all the companies in the business park have access to this gym, but you can't like regular non-employees can't like pay to access this gym. It's just for employees of this business park. Right. The elites. <laughs> the 1%. Yeah. So I've been trying to make an effort to like go, you know, it's such a nice gym. I'm right. going to have to pay for a gym in the future, but I'm just not going to do that. So it's right. like, I'm just not going to have a gym in the future. Right. Um, <laughs> but the, the, every time I've gone to the gym, I go by myself and it's like, all it's doing is it's replacing me laying down and watching YouTube. So it's, I don't feel yeah. like I have to be that productive at the gym in order for it to be a success. Right. That's so a good, usually, I, good way to think about it. I usually go, I'll do some, you know, some body weight stuff. And after right. like 30 minutes, I'll just take like a 15 minute hot shower in the bathrooms, get dressed, get out of there. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Feels good. Dude, Last body weight week, stuff is good. I mean, <laughs> I mean, when you have your kind of body, I don't, <laughs> maybe, it's not, maybe it's not that powerful, but. <laughs> So last week for the first time, a kid that I work or a man that I work with, he hit me up and he was like, Hey, uh, we should go to the gym. I haven't been to the office gym yet. We should go. And I was like, yeah, sure. And I, it's kind of like a weird dynamic where you're not sure if like, are you just going to go fuck me? <laughs> no, it's like, it's like, are you, are you going to like do the same workout together? Like, I can't imagine he wants to do push up. Oh, that's and, funny. Right. And, you know, air squats for 25 minutes and go home. So I was like, and I mean, he's way more jacked than I am. Like, pro- like works out like five days a week, right. like properly built. And so I was like, yeah, I'll just, you know, what are you thinking of doing? And he was like, probably like chest abs and uh, stretch after. And I was like, yeah, cool, cool, cool. Like I haven't <laughs> done chest this week yet, so that works. And <laughs> I ended up on a bench press for the first time. And I'm not exaggerating. Definitely four years, maybe five years. Okay. I think possibly my freshman roommate at UCSB roped me into the the sweaty right. UCSB freshman gym. Year, yeah, you're checking gonna be out fed. the back. Yeah, exactly. yeah. But like that, like I didn't even I wouldn't even consider that like actually benching. Like high school, played lacrosse, played sports, worked out then. Right. Five years later, I could do the exact same amount of weight. Yeah. And my first my first thought was like, "Fuck yeah!" Like you haven't got any weaker. And I was like. And then I thought about it. I was like, well, you probably want to be a little stronger at 23 than you are at 18. Because I was probably 153 pounds when I was 18. So how much is how much was it then? It was... Like one... I could do a plate. I could definitely do one plate. Oof. And I think I tried to put maybe some fives on there with it. <laughs> you know, you should always jump with the 2.5s. But there was a fatigue factor also because I already did the yes, plate. Yes, yes. And if you were fresh, you probably could have put a 10 on. That's the problem. Maybe even a 10 and a 2.5. If we're doing single rep, <laughs> if I'm in this water. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So the long story of it was that, uh, and I mean, after that, like that was probably my third or fourth uh, cycle of it. Right. Set, third or fourth set of it. Yeah. And after that, like Whoa. I was so, so torched, like feels like my heart's going to rip through my chest muscles. Just yeah. raw in the chest. Yes. And the kid I'm there with is just like literally still warming up. Yeah. So then I have to have the awkward conversation like, oh, I think actually uh, I just got a phone call. I got to leave in like 15. So. <laughs> did you really? Did you no. get one of those? Oh, no, I just, I worked out with him. I did like the rest of that with him. And then uh, 
I was like, all right, I'm going to go do some other stuff. He was like, yeah, for sure. He did not get, like, he did not need a spot at any point in his workout. Right. Right. Um, the, the man's an animal. The man's an absolute animal. So that was my first gym take. My second gym take is, I mean, clearly I've been working out. It's been on the mind. Good. Uh, good. My second gym take is that when you start a new job, what's the first thing you do? Uh, don't tell me. I don't know. You completely reinvent yourself and your lifestyle <laughs> and everything you do on a daily basis. When okay. I started my job at Deloitte, I was waking up at 7 a.m., going on a run, you know. Yeah. Again, like. No, you weren't. Drinking. I was for the first. You woke up the, at 7 a.m., you went on a run. Woke up at 7 a.m., went on a 19-minute run. <laughs> Two miles. And I'll go on the run, come back, shower. 19 drink, like, minutes, a, dude? A gallon of water. Or is that saying that's a water a little? That's so nothing. <laughs> it's, it's a seven in the morning. It's 160 calories that you burned on that run. It's it's the principle. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It's the discipline. Uh, who am I knocking? I haven't done a 7 a.m. run in fucking ever. Yeah. I'm sorry. So my point is that I woke up, I did that. You know, I'm having like spinach for breakfast. And then legit nine days into the job, it's like... Probably rather wake up four minutes before this meeting. Yeah, have a bagel and get on with it. That's right. That's right. So I'm thinking, I'm probably going to go through that again in about a week and a half when I start this new job. Yeah. So I'm trying to brainstorm ideas to, you know, like you don't want to, you don't want to stress test your body right away. Like you don't want to wake up before. Like if you're going to work out, maybe you don't have to do it before work. Maybe just do it after work. No. Maybe yeah. Maybe maybe just try and (laughs) eat a little bit healthier the first time. (laughs) Dude, I would yeah. I would not do. Do not put stress on your body. It's bad for it. <laughs> it's just not good. That's how it breaks down. <laughs> That's how your body breaks down. You go to the gym too early in the morning. All Don't of a sudden, Don't time to stretch. Can't stretch after. You forget to have a spotter. What's yeah. good for you is sitting in a chair. Supports yeah, your back. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I I. Uh, it's almost will it work though if you're so self-aware that these reinventions only last for seven and a half days like do you think it, you'll still be able to like run it like what will it be as powerful this reinvention cycle that you've done every time you start a new school or or a new year of college or a a new year or and it's not just job. gym. It's you know, it's skincare. It's you know, it's vegetable intake, fruit but what, intake. But but you're so aware. Of, you're so aware of how temporary and and un. It's a flash. It's a blitz. It's, it's a flash in the pan. So how 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 does the does the motivation still come? Because like now, all of a sudden that you're aware of it, in my mind, I'm immediately like, what? What? Who am I kidding? You know. <laughs> If there's going to be no long-term change, you might as well <laughs> enjoy your static lifestyle. Who are you kidding? Yeah. The only thing that you will have is the benefit of, like, work, the energy to, like, pay attention for the entire day of work, which will be super nice. And I think that'll motivate you to do other things well. And then do you as think soon because as you... I'll like my work or just because I'll be yes. a person? Well, also, do you, get, you want to start, you want to give a good first impression. You don't want to... Like, you want to be good at this job as fast as you can. Yeah. So you will want to work hard. Um, yeah, I'm but, honestly super excited. So the, the new job's, like, hybrid, so a couple days in the office. And I remember back in my heyday of when I was commuting to 
Huntington for an internship a couple summers ago. I commuted like one day a week there, then two days a week to San Clemente. Mm -hmm. But having that like hour in the morning to just get the hottest coffee you possibly could, put on a pod, put on some music, drive to work, like that sounds like such a nicer way to start my day than my current ritual of just waking up four minutes before a meeting, like rubbing water in my eyes and getting in front of my laptop. Is that what you do? No, honestly, not anymore. Because now I'm now I'm working Central Time, so it's seven a.m. for me, nine a.m. for them. Right. So I can wake up like pretty easily at six thirty. Yeah. Like, either at least get some water in me, and, like shower, some water in my hair, <laughs> water. <laughs> Fucking pussy. <laughs> um, but when I was working East Coast hours, it means we're starting at six. It was like five fifty-five. I'm yeah. getting up. I'm introducing myself. At I honestly don't know how you did it. And they're like, how's it going, Kirk? And I'm like, I'm all right. They're <laughs> <laughs> like, pretty early for you, huh? I was like, yeah, it's dark out. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, yeah. I've been better about it, though, since getting on the, the Central Zone thing. I, it's just unrealistic. And when did expect. you get on the Central Zone thing? Probably. It's probably. Seven to nine days ago. <laughs> yeah. No, probably like a month and a half ago, maybe. Okay. So it lasted. But, yeah. Good no. for you. You had yeah. the discipline to, because you, you value the time that you have to chill in the morning. I've also proved to myself that, like, I'm just a killer when it comes to waking up early. Really? Like, 5.30. Like, I've been scheduling meetings at 6. I mean, like, you think I can't do it? My boss was like, you don't need to do it. I'm like, you think I can't do it? <laughs> I am an assassin. <laughs> I am not phased. Bitch, I'm a dog. Yeah. Hoof. Yeah. Oof. Damn. Well, good for you. I'm excited for you. You're going to be a fucking peach when you get to work West Coast hours. Oh, my gosh. Except any day at 5 p.m. is like crazy. Like right now, I log off at 3.30. And I'll take probably like 30 minutes to do nothing. Yeah. Hopefully I'll go do something around like four thirty five when everyone else gets off work. Right. You know, then I've got time to like eat dinner. I can work a little bit more in the evening, catch up on a couple of things I didn't finish. Go to yeah. sleep at go to sleep at like get in bed at like ten. If you finish work at five, like you gotta cram a couple things in there. Yeah. Like you're not you can't go grocery shopping after work. No. I can yeah, grocery can. shop and then make dinner. Yeah, you. I mean, you just have to be disciplined. You don't get that half hour break. You yeah. don't get to like mosey around until you know six p.m. and then go do something. Like today, I had to do taxes. By the way, today's tax day. Do you file your taxes? Fuck yeah. You did. Uh, I thought tax day was on Friday, wasn't it? No, it was, it's the eighteenth. It's today. Not the first time ever. Is it the first time that it was ever on the 18th? I think it's always on the 15th. Because my sister's birthday is on the 16th. It's the day after tax day. You should talk to an account right now. Dude, I, I literally <laughs> don't know what to tell you. It's the 18th. <laughs> is that how you remembered your sister's birthday? You're like, yeah. well, I filed my, my, my W-2. Okay. I request my W-2 three days before. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I filed that. By the way, it took fucking forever. The amount of things that I did TurboTax. What did you use? I also don't. Or did know your dad do it? My dad did it. I'll be your I dad did it. You fucking pussy. You I fucking yeah, exactly. Sorry, I call you a fucking pussy a lot. 
you little bitch. Relax, man. <laughs> Sorry. No, your dad did it. Yeah, it's all good. I use TurboTax like an adult. But uh, why don't you audit it yourself? Why don't you audit yourself? <laughs> why don't you audit it yourself? <laughs> yeah. So, by the way, also, I tried to do some material on tax day today. And I was like, and it didn't work. You think anyone will figure that? Especially from me. <laughs> you know, like, the first thing I tried to say was like, I know I look like a guy that doesn't like taxes, but hear me out. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, it, that, that, I mean, I, it didn't go terribly, but it was kind of like, like, I, I don't hate taxes. I get it, but I don't like how patronizing it is when you like file your taxes because like they give you money back based on how much more they thought you were going to make that they could tax you on, you know? Like it's very much like you might get a hundred, you might get like a couple hundred bucks back because they're like, sorry, thanks for letting us hold on to that. But like you didn't do as great as we thought you would. So here, take this yeah. back. You know what I mean? Like that was essentially the premise of the joke uh, and how like you really have to be rich to hate taxes, like to hate tax day because only rich people pay on tax day and everyone else just gets like a refund. But you know, topical humor, you got to try everything. Um, but there was no real punchlines to it, so it just like wasn't that funny. It's more just like me talking about taxes. Like, moving on. Isn't this very logical Insurance. to talk about this? <laughs> <laughs> and for my next topic, <laughs> taxes aren't they weird? You know, just oh yeah. So, but um, but yeah, it was tax day today, and I got some. Some money back. Also, I, have, I didn't get I the stipend. Financials yet, to be completely honest. I'm gonna get, get the, the money back next year though, because we talked about this. I gotta pay the way back a fucking arm and a leg to quit my own job. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> you have to pay them to quit, dude. I, it's, I have to pay them a significant chunk of my savings yeah, to you leave do. the job. You do, dude. Thank God it's not. I've been staying for the not tied up of the retention in... bonus. Thank God you have enough liquidity, you know? You're not tied up in investments and securities. I was in token toolkit, it'd be... <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. You I'd be going to the cash advance right <laughs> Yeah, if you were too deep in crypto... Just saying. Yeah. But, but yeah. Also, if you didn't get the... What I was saying is if you didn't get the, the, the um, COVID stipend, which I didn't get because I was a dependent at the time... Um, you got fourteen hundred bucks on your tax returns this year. I would like any of the listeners who did the free COVID money thing. If anyone has any stories about when people, when the yeah, government came back to like time. audit, if you actually, because yeah. you heard they were going back to people being like, "Wait, prove that you were looking for a job," or like, "Prove that you got laid off." Yeah, which I also think is bullshit. I mean, that's not fair. Did you hear how much money? the government like lost doing all those programs and how much people were like basically just siphoning money from the government through it like was, fake accounts is like it was honestly pretty sick. Like I think it was hundreds of millions of dollars were like more. countrywide way more than that. Yeah. So I remember I had a pretty, a fairly conservative teacher at the time who was an econ teacher who, uh, who was, it was, Keeping us very updated on this. Um, Do you remember which teacher? Uh, maybe we shouldn't say. 
uh, Culper. Uh, you didn't really have him. He was okay. kind of accounting too. Yeah. He was accounting. Um, For the sheeple. He was no. He was fucking an awesome teacher. I agree with everything he said. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was the guy in like the first episode where I told the story about being in the honor section. Oh, that yeah. was the class. Yeah. So, well, that's a trip. Um, like it turns out, if you give tax breaks to the rich, it actually trickles down <laughs> to the communities. Who deploys money into the market better than <laughs> rich people? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Elon. Thank you, Jeff. <laughs> yeah. So, um, where, where was I going with that? What was I talking about? He was really into the. Oh yeah, I think it's like money. kind of bullshit for the government to then like. I guess they're trying to find the people who did it, but it seems like fuck to like audit like college kids that were skimming dough through like unemployment. I don't, I, I don't know. I think it's like as long as you didn't get like twelve million dollars, like they probably don't care that you skirted away with thirteen thousand dollars. Yeah, you know, right. like I don't know, I don't know if that's true or not, but I feel like you know some people in our greater circle might have been receiving funds despite maybe not being employed when COVID started. Right, right. They're, they're not behind bars at the moment. No, they'll be all right. Yeah, just they're a little stressed though. Like you get an email, and you're like. <laughs> Yeah, an audit, like, we're that. gonna we're gonna need this, this, and this. <laughs> Cough it up, yeah. Which reminds me, I I am an econ major, and I was I did have an accounting career, and I do work at finance adjacent. But when I was doing my taxes, I I had I don't know how much money. I mean, I was making just below like the biggest um, deduction that we get. Right, I, I made just below twelve thousand dollars with Robert Half before the year end, um, which means that like all of that is like non taxable if you make less than twelve k in a year. Sick. Um, so I had a huge return. It was going to be like over like twenty five hundred bucks, right? Sick. And then and then yeah, sick. And then I put in my W two for like the temp work that I did before I was at Robert Half. And it went down to like fourteen, fifteen hundred, and I was like, "Yo, what the fuck?" And I called my mom. And I was like, "Yeah, I just put this in, and it like," and she was like, "Yeah, that's just how it goes." And I was like, "Do I have to report the that W two? She's like, "Yes, <laughs> absolutely." But uh, yeah. And then I was like, I was like, I think I might have had like a shift or two at Rockfire at the very end of college, uh. She's like, ah, oh, fuck it. Don't worry about it. But yeah, I hope I don't get audited. But I would be fine. I'd be fine. I but hope. Yeah. I hope. I hope. I hope you don't get audited. Dude. For you. For your sake. I hope, uh, <laughs> I hope Ron did a good job with your finances. <laughs> Does he? I can't imagine he's a TurboTax guy. He's got a man. He's got a guy, right? I have no idea. He just said, give me your W 2 PDF. And the rest was done for you? Well, it's probably because he filed them the year before, too, huh? So he just, whatever he's using, it can use all the same information. It's probably easier if he does it. I didn't work the year before. No, you didn't, because you're freeloading. <laughs> Good for nothing. <laughs> um, well, yeah. yeah. I mean, tax season, that's something like, again, 
Did you report the dishwashing work to the IRS? But, I mean, that was that was cash under the table. <laughs> if I wasn't snitch. following general, you know, they weren't having me follow like raw meat guidelines. Yeah. I'm yeah. Not re- if the IRS comes after you, you're going after them. That's for sure. <laughs> Ugh. I don't know why I found this funny. I was pretty drunk at the Billy Joel concert with my family. Because um, I don't think I like ate before it or something. and I, I forgot that I took notes during the show. And the first note I have is, do instruments sing like us or do we sing like instruments? Because I remember watching them and thinking, like, the way they're playing the saxophone right now, or the way they're playing whatever instrument they're playing, it sounds like the instrument is, like, singing. Like, it's it's pretty much, it's one of the most incredible things I've ever seen. Like, watching the sax guy just fucking rip it apart, and it's like it's someone singing, like, do-do-do-do-do-do, you know, like, ugh, yeah. it was so cool. Um, I was like, oh, wait, are we just replicating instruments with our voices? This seems like an organic place to stop it, though. Okay. Do you have anything Yeah, what else? time are we at? No, oh, perfect. We got perfect time. Yeah. I think we could wrap it there. All right. Peace, guys. See ya. Honor, 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 honor.